It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. Understand that even for God, when he came here, there is that place of work. And what people need to understand is that your love for work is also an expression of your love for God. Mm. You gotta say that again. You gotta say that you know, again. No, your love for work is also an expression of your love for God. Mm. Mm. You know, because the word worship in the, I think the Aramaic stands for work. Your love for work is also an expression of your love for God. Mm. Because there's this scripture that talks about those who delight in the word of God you know they search through the books right. and it's a delight to god yes that's a very important thing for us so coming to myself one of the things that i believe god did is to put in me the desire to work wow. and the desire to learn to be alone mm. i think that's a very very big part of this mm. speak to them more. yeah uh, i searched all over the world struggling to find it then I met my boy, baby, these Simons, yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, baby, these Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is David D. Simons, your host of How I Discover My Gift. I'm excited to present to you another episode, a special episode. We're here in Accra, Ghana, and specifically in Silicon Accra with the founder and CEO, my good friend, David Osei. Welcome to the show. Thank you, David. In fact, we have the same name, too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What a blessing. What a yes, blessing. Yes, so yes. what a blessing to be here live. Um, you know, the show, David, is, is really about how people found their gifts and their, discovered their talents and their abilities. And we, we go through um, in the scriptures where it talks about the one that had one talent, the one that had two, the one that had five, and the, the, how they multiplied their talents. And, and in that process, they discovered what God had given them. And you've obviously gone through a process. So this, this show is dedicated to help people to find their gift, find their talent. How can they take what God has given them, develop it into something better as God commands us to, and then distribute it to the world and make an impact in this world. So, so Dave, let, starting with the journey, man, um, tell us about the journey from, from a young, young David to the, the grown boss man we see today. I'm still... <laughs> I, 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 don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm a boss man yet. I'm, uh-huh. still, I'm still David. So um, starting with the journey, it's, it's, been, it's been working with the Lord since I was, I was a child. In fact, my mom tells the story best, you know, how I started speaking in tongues at a very early age. And how... Like under 10? Yeah, the 10. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And how, you know... So my mom was a single mom for a while before she remarried. And in those two periods, she was. Let me take it again. Okay, I mean, in all those periods, it was really about God. So it's. I mean, she kept on saying to us that that's all she had. 
So I quite remember we will go to school, we'll come back, we'll go and pray. we we'll go to school, come back, we'll go and pray on the park. So that has been our life. That was our life for a very long time. You know, so I got to know the Lord at a very early age, you know, and prayer, fasting, Bible reading was like a staple. You know, at a very early age, I'm talking about five, seven, eight, nine, there about, you know. So that is how I actually grew up. Yeah. And myself and my sister, you know, so that's how we grew up before my mom later remarried. Mm. You know, so that has been a very big definition of the journey. Yeah. So it's about knowing that God has a purpose for you. God has put in something within you that he is expecting the world to experience him through your life. Wow. You know, I think that's what people need to understand that when you're talking about God, people people are going to experience God through you how much you have experienced God. Whoa. So you cannot you cannot give out God more than what you have experienced and people cannot see God beyond what you have experienced. So assuming that you are the only person on earth, their knowledge of God, a lot is going to be dependent on your knowledge of God. Wow. You know, yeah. yeah. So you can definitely see the working of God looking at creation, yeah. looking at the animals, looking at the bears, looking at the sun, the moon, you know, looking at them. I'm not saying worshiping them, looking right. at them and observing them. You're like, okay, this is very, very interesting. However, human beings, we are the greatest expression of God's creation. Yes. And we have that mandate to really bring creation to the full expression of who God is. Yes. So it's really a function of your knowledge of God, your experience with God is what is going to make others to also see God. Wow. You know, people are going to see maybe a lion or a bear. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm giving my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a bear or looking at a lion or right. <laughs> looking at a sunset, yeah. maybe. But looking at you because they can identify with you. Wow. You know, you can't identify with a lion. You can't That's identify right. with a sunset. You can't identify with a mountain. Right. You can identify with a fellow human being. Wow. So, again, their experience of God is what I'm going to carry you. So in that regard, everybody needs to understand that there is an expression of God in them that must be expressed. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the word genetics, yeah. gene, yes. you know, so you're having a gene of God in you that must be expressed. Yes. So everybody has the genetic of God in them, a unique genetic of God mm. in them that needs to be expressed. Mm. You know, so everybody is important. Yes. Every single person is important. That's why every soul needs to be redeemed. You know, we need to come from that perspective that yeah. human beings are not, um, they are not trouble. I can't say this is totally condemned. Everybody has a purpose. So, yeah. first of all, you need to understand that you have a purpose. You need to understand yeah. that it doesn't matter what you're going through, the challenges you're going through, the hardships, the frustrations, you have a purpose. That's right. And the more you withdraw from the noise yeah. to seek after God, it will help you to get your, to know your purpose. Mm -hmm. And through that, others too will be blessed in getting to know God. You know, so to me, the journey really has been getting to discover God mm -hmm. more and more, which helps others to also see the Christ in you. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, it doesn't matter how much you profess Christ with your mouth, it is your actions and your inactions that professes Christ. You know, so we need to really get that distinction very clear. Yes. It's not about shouting the marketplace, jumping, or right. very audacious prayers and yeah. 
Yeah, it can be really empty, you know. Right. Because at the end of the day, people are looking at your lifestyle. Right. People are looking at, you know, how you respond to circumstances. Mm. That is where you really get to experience and express what God is through your life. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'm picturing this young David praying, fasting at a young age. Did you Did you have a dream and aspiration from a young age that, you know, this is what I want to do with my life? Or did you did you know... Did you envision what you're experiencing in life today would be what you were when you were a child? Did you? Did you? Yeah, I think that. Let me take a little back. I yeah. mean, you know me. You are here at Silicon Accra. Yeah. So that's why you're asking that question. But right. for those who are not here and those who are just watching, right. they don't understand. So let's get a little back, a little back. Let's go a little back. So in 2012, Absolutely. I happened to be named the world best in tech. My, my startup company, Dropify, was named the world best in technology. Mm-hmm. And we had funding to go to 500 startups. You know, we became the first African startup company to do that after us. So many other startups from Africa are now in the Bay Area. And before we went to the Bay Area, investment in tech startups was about $100, $150 million. Mm-hmm. Now it's like billions of dollars. Wow. You know, so I believe that God used us to open the door for a lot of this. So coming back from the U.S., it's like, okay, how can we take the experience that I've learned in Silicon Valley to bring something back home? Mm. So it's okay, let's build a tech park. So mm-hmm. God helped us to buy a 60-acre land in Accra, in East Ligon Hills, you know, which has, the value has gone up in millions of dollars. And we are currently here. It's a very big estate. You yes. cannot see it. I think maybe later he'll do a proper shoot of it. Absolutely. So we have a, we have a nine-hole golf course, which is like 90% completed. We have a driving range. We are actually at a restaurant now, and there are residences all over. The residences, some go for half a million dollars, some go for, you know, about $100,000, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a backdrop to what God has done mm-hmm. and how far God has brought us. This year, we're named the best misused development in Africa wow. by the International Property Awards. Last year, we were named the best residential development in Africa, the best office development in Africa by the IPA. So this is the backdrop to what he's asking of yes. like young David and all of this. Did you dream of this? Right. So, you know, if you don't get a privilege of looking at this place, right. it's just to describe mm-hmm. it to you. So back to the question. I think that the more closer you get to God, the more God invests in you. Hmm. Break that you down. Know. You know yeah. That. You know, the more closer you get to God, the more God invests in you, the more God empowers you. You know, so I believe that everybody has a purpose, everybody has a gift, everybody has a talent. However, the more closer you get to God, the more that responsibility increases. Wow. Wow. You know, the more God increases your responsibility, the more God favors you, the more you get things. I mean, clear example, if you look at the story of Saul and David. Mm -hmm. So Saul was anointed king. Right. Do you get a point? And God had plans for Saul. Yes. But because Saul was not working with God, because Saul did not enjoy being a prince of God, he wanted the praise of men, mm. he realized that he was not getting that continuous investment from God. Wow. You know, so because, and that investment comes through obedience. Mm. <laughs> you get the point? Yes. Because David was closer to God, he obeyed God, the voice of God more. That's why everything right. he wanted to do is like, God, should I do this? God, should I do this? And that obedience creates more investment from God into your life. Right. You know, and that is what made David David, and he won so many wars. Yeah, he right. had his own challenges, but because of his work with God, 
with God, nothing is impossible. That's so right. even though with man, the guy has murdered, and with man, like David is completely condemned, he should be hung on the cross. Like, yes. what kind of dude is that? Yes. You know, but the guy works with God. He mm. knows who he has experienced the forgiveness of God. So he knows that for God, it's not a big deal. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, he can forgive me. Amen. You know, but Saul didn't have that experience because mm. he was not closer to God. So what I'm saying is that what helped me in terms of getting more and more uh, responsibility, for lack of a better word, mm. is, I believe, is mm. how God helped me to get closer to him mm. at a very young age, you know, in prayer. So in prayer, God shows you things. When you dream, God has visions and ideas mm. that God puts in your heart. Yes. You know, so that is, that is what I think has been very important. And also, yeah. when we're talking about knowing God, I think people need to understand the difference between the religious way of knowing God and, and uh, for lack of a better word again, and the more scriptural, biblical way of getting to know God. Yes. You know, so let me give the difference. Yes. The religious way of knowing God is thinking that you can experience God by your activities in church, yeah. you know, being manipulated by church leaders to say that this is of God. Yeah. The biblical way of knowing God is really getting to know God through prayer, yeah. through fasting. And sometimes I just pray and fast, not mm. because there's a church communion fasting and prayer. I can just get up like, mm, you know what? I feel like fasting tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> Let me just fast. Wow. <laughs> Let me fast for three days. I quite remember when I was in secondary school in, in Ghana. Yeah. Uh, for like the, it was like a group of friends and we just decided randomly, you know what? Let's do three days dry fasting. We are not eating, no, not dry. Just three days, we're just drinking water. Wow. You're just drinking water, no food for three days nonstop. We were just secondary school students in high school, and we just decided that. I think we were in our first or second year. Yeah. You know, you're like, let's see who can do this more and still pray, you know, it was prayer. So we're not eating the first day, the second day, the third day, I was almost breaking. I had to go find food and eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, so it was not, it was not like there was a church leader who said, oh, guys, we are going to fast, so everybody should fast. No, it came from within, mm. you know, and the desire to get to know God more. I quite remember we were writing our final exams yeah. in school. Everybody was busily reading, and I was like, for some funny reason, I just didn't have that desire to read my textbook. I just, let me just read the Bible. Yeah. So I quite remember I just took the Bible and just read the Bible before I later went to read my textbook. Mm. So we we are believing that people will start having that experience of God. Yes. You know, outside of the instructional experience that feels imposed by the church leaders. Yeah. Which is fine. Right. You know, but you need to know God beyond mm. that. For yourself. You need, to, you need to know God for yourself. Yeah. And you know, in this world that we're living in you cannot do exploits if you don't know God for yourself. Mm. It's impossible. Mm. It's completely impossible. You wow. cannot do exploits if you don't know God for yourself. Wow, Dave, this mm. is this is powerful. I, I, I'm curious, Dave. Like, right? So you've got this walk with God, and, and you're, you're literally living your name, right? The, the, the David walk really close with God, and um, you know, you you have many gifts, many talents, right? So for the listeners listening, Dave, Dave is as he talked about. Um, really, really great with technology, but he's also great uh, around economics, uh, real estate development. Um, he's got an eye. I've been able to observe just his de- eye for design and, and many, many things that God has blessed you with. Um, and so what, what it, when you think about 
this what what is your gift dave what do you or, or multiple gifts or your most dominant gift when you think about your gift what is what is the gift that you think god has given you i think that first and foremost the way we define gifts i think is wrong mm -hmm. we define gifts in a very finite sense mm -hmm. you know okay you have a gift in drawing you mm -hmm. have a gift in painting you have mm -hmm. a gift in that i think that's that is well and good but gifting is very fluid yeah you know, it's very fluid. Hmm. At a particular time in your life, God can give a particular gift to achieve a purpose. Hmm. But it doesn't mean that, you get the thing? Yes. Like, that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at a particular time in your life, God is... So, we, we need to think of gifting as something very fluid. Hmm. And secondly, we need to also think about gifting as not being very um, singular or hmm. binary. Mm. You know, who says that you can be gifted in singing, yeah. in writing music, That's in true. software development, in engineering, as a medical doctor, right. all of this combined? Mm. Like, who says that you cannot, you cannot achieve that? That's true. They get a point. Yeah. I think that society has programmed people to thinking that, okay, you go to school to be an architect, so you, are, you develop your interest in architecture, yeah. or you are a fashion designer mm. you must stick to fashion hey mm. what about you're an architect you're also a fashion designer yeah. you're also a software engineer mm. you're also a medical doctor you're also that is one of the things that i believe god had to put my mind on mm. so i play the instrument i play yeah. the guitar that's right i play the piano i'm learning to play the saxophone wow yeah i'm play the saxophone yeah. and i'm still managing three or four companies you're find I have a family, yes. I have a child, oh <laughs> and I have over 120 employees. Wow. You know, and I'm still doing all of this. And there's even more that God expects of me to write a book, mm. to you know, to preach to others, to minister yeah. to others. So we need to understand that when you are when you are saying that you are after God's nature, yeah. you cannot limit what God wants to do in your life. Mm. I feel like a lot of people when they think of talents and giftings. Because of their mindset, they limit what God can do and where God can take them. Yeah. You know, God can take you into engineering, He can take you into arts, take you into sorry. He can take you into engineering, He can take you into the arts, yep. He can take you into diverse areas. Yeah. Just avail yourself. Mm. So for me, when you look at calling giftings, giftings are into three areas. Yeah. Where you have to develop mm. the gift of hearing the voice of God. Mm. These are like foundational gifts. Mm, mm. Yeah, I call them foundational gifts. Wow. Hearing the voice of God. Mm. Foundational gifts. Mm. Two, obedience to the voice of God. Mm. <laughs> Very foundational yeah, gift. Yeah. <laughs> foundational gifts. Things you have yeah. to develop. Yeah. Then the third one is, which is the most important, talking about love. Mm. Learning to love. Mm. Because sometimes the gift that God gives you is not for you. Mm. It's for others. Mm. So if you don't love the assignment then you will not go through the pain to develop that gift mm. to fulfill that assignment. Mm. Because the gift might have nothing to do with you. So I'll give you an example. I was yeah. listening to um, this guy called um, Uncle Ebo White. He's one of the greatest playwrights of Ghana. Mm. You know, our own version of Shakespeare. You know, oh, he's yeah. written so much plays. Mm. And I was listening to him on the radio about why he does the writing. And he said something that really shocked me. He said, I don't like writing. <laughs> That's what he said. And everybody was shocked. He said, I don't like writing. Let me be honest with you. I don't like writing. I, I don't like writing. My brother fought with me so much. I didn't reply his, his uh, you know, those days that you send um, 
mail yeah. you know messages by mail yeah so i never replied to my brother my brother was angry because i see you writing place and thousands of pages of place and you can't just reply to my one letter wow. you know and he has to say look i don't like writing i write because i see the impacts that he has, has done in people's lives hmm. wow so he said that people he, he was talking about how he just finished a play and he was out door and somebody came to him and said thank you for your play i nearly committed suicide but your play caused me not to commit suicide he said these are the things that causes him to sit down and write the wow. write a play the you know is. and get creative not because he likes writing yeah. you get a point. and that's what a lot of people get there wrong your giftings your talent might not necessarily be something that you yourself might take pleasure in mm. but it's something that god uses to save others you get the thing. I get it. God used to save others. So sometimes we, I think our generation are too selfish to ourselves. Mm. If the gift doesn't benefit us, if the gift doesn't have a personal thing that it does for us, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah forget it. I can wow. do something else. Wow. <laughs> you know? So in the case of Uncle Lebo White, yeah. if he was writing because he loves to write, then people would die. <laughs> wow. You're right. When you think about it, right? Yeah. There, there people would die. That's suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Die, but... He, he, he doesn't write for himself. He really mm. hates it. He said categorically, I hate writing. Wow. But when I look at what my writing does to people, that is what motivates me. Yeah. How it heals families, how it heals economies, how it heals societies. Yeah. That is what motivates me. Wow. You know, wow. so we need to start thinking of our giftings like that. The gift that God has given you might be in some area that you might not even have a full understanding of. Yeah. You need to be able to develop it. And look at it in the perspective of, okay, how is it going to save a family, mm. save a life, redeem them from the hands of the enemy? Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, what we are doing here yeah. with Silicon Accra is extremely difficult. I can imagine. It is extremely hard. I can imagine. It's hard. You know, it's extremely hard. You know, buying land in Accra is hard enough. Mm. You know, buying one plot is hard enough. Now, buying... A whole 60 acres, which is like 240 plots. Wow. You know, it's a hard. You know, construction is a hard. Everything mm. here seems extremely hard. Mm. But I look at what God is doing mm. with what we are doing wow. and how it's causing other nations to start thinking about technology, to start thinking about creating our own tech park. Mm. And it keeps us going because wow. ever since we start, we announced the tech park initiative, yeah. other governments have rekindled their tech park initiative. Wow. Other institutions have said, okay, we want to also go into youth empowerment. Wow. All across, not just in Ghana, in Nigeria, in Cameroon, and wow. you know, in Zimbabwe. Like everybody, I had literally, I've had meetings with governments from other countries that are like, how do you bring a Silicon Accra model to our country? Wow. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing it because I love construction necessarily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or because... I want to be stressed. No, yeah. I don't want to be stressed. You know? yeah. yeah, no, I don't want to. Wow. But I see what God is using that for mm. and it keeps me going. Wow. You know, and because of that, I have to study, study a little bit of architecture, study yeah. a little bit of golf, study a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Wow. We need to come to the understanding that what God has called us to do is not easy. No, it's not. And we might not necessarily enjoy the process. However, the outcome justifies everything, you know, and that's what we need to start orienting our mind to. Our generation, unfortunately, we are too much self-absorbed. We are too much 
selfish, you know, the thing has to be of interest to us yeah. before we necessarily go ahead. Maybe not. Maybe the job you are in, you are there because of the comfort. You are there because it gives you the money. It gives yeah. you, yeah, what if God wants you out of there to wow. go and impact somebody's life? Wow. You know, and we need to start thinking. I'm not saying necessarily that you have to, you have to, it's not necessarily in all circumstances that you have to really strangle yourself to make people happy. No, God is not, that's not what God is saying. Mm. God is not saying that put your happiness or your your happiness, you know, somewhere mm. and focus on people's happiness. No, yeah. God knows that your joy, what really will give you joy is tied to your destiny, is tied to other people. Mm. You know, so you're thinking about joy. Yes. Not just the happenings that gives you happiness. Right. But the everlasting joy that turns generations around. Wow. If you look at into history, people who have made great impacts, yeah. it's always about what they did for people, not what they did for themselves. That's so true. That's true. Yeah, it's always. Wow. Like how many billionaires and millionaires have died and gone and nobody cares about them? That's true. And plenty of them. Plenty. Plenty of them. Just yeah, yourself. but how many people who don't have millions have influenced society? Mother Teresa. And we still remember yeah. them. Yeah. Martin Luther yeah. and all of the people. And we still remember them. That's right. It's right. not about the money. And I think yeah. that chasing is the impact. It's, 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 the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the generations that you touch with your sacrifice. Yeah. Dave, I mean that's powerful, but I have to, I have to, you know, I know you're a humble guy, but I have to give you credit because Dave, the the honest truth is, you know, there's many people that know God, there's many people that hear visions, there's many people that have gifts, but there's a big part, and what we talk about is the, the development phase, right? You can hear, you can hear, hear all the things in the world from God, you can hear all the amazing things, but there's a still a requirement that you had to do, to do the work. Right, the Bible says faith without work is dead, and and so can you speak to us? To the, you, you kind of spoke to it a little bit, the development, what you've had to develop, what kind of development you've had to do in study, in in not you know in studying the word, in studying in studying um, you know books. I'm sure coding, you had to practice. Like I know that's not easy. Like there's a lot people see on the outside, but they don't see the. The, the behind the scenes when it's dark and you're in your room and it's light and there's no light and you've been studying hours upon hours upon days upon days no sleep can you talk to us about the real work that goes behind the scenes it, it, take us from from dropify to you know all the things that you've been developing the companies the real estate like what is the work that goes in behind the scenes i think that i mean that's a very good point and just like you said faith without works is dead and um, a lot of a lot of people don't think about the work that needs to be done. They think the laying of hands, the anointing oil, the drinking it, the touch is gonna change the world. Um, not necessarily gonna change the world. You know, the best example for us, the best example for us, is look at Christ. Now this is God coming down in the form of man mm-hmm. to redeem man. Oh God, what did he go through? What did, did he go through? He didn't just, you know, come and wave his hand and, you know, he he really went through the mill. You know, so that talks about his childhood at the age of 12 when he was with the teachers, the scrolls, you know, reading the scrolls, teaching the scrolls, and he was talking with them. 
then even before he started his ministry when he had to go out for today's 49th yes. you know like why did god have to do that why did he have to serve himself to that <laughs> you know then also it talks about you know when people read the gospels you realize that at every moment jesus was going to pray mm. in the dawn in the morning he went to pray mm. the least time he had he wanted to be alone to pray right. the least time he wanted to be alone to pray right. everything about him was you know prayer developing himself sharpening himself right. you know we need to understand that even for God when he came here there is that place of work and what people need to understand is that your love for work is also an expression of your love for God Ooh, you gotta say that again. You gotta say that you know, again. No, your love for work is also an expression mm-hmm. of your love for God. Mm-hmm. You know, because the word worship in the, I think the Aramaic yeah. stands for work. That's right. If you get the point? That's right. Yes, yes. So that is the reason why some religions of this world, example, the Islamic religion, Yes. that is why work is such a paramount thing mm. for them. You know, because for them, their work is their worship. Yes. And it's because they all trace it from the Abrahamic, the Aramaic definitions. Yeah. You know, but for some reason, it looks like we under the Abrahamic, you know, children, I mean, children of God, we, 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 like faith has taken the place of work. Mm. You know, faith can take the place of work. You know, anointing can take, you're anointed to work. That's right. You get a point. Yes. So you are empowered to work. Yes. So your love for work is also an expression of your love for God. Mm. Because mm. there's this scripture that talks about those who delight in the word of God, you know, they search through the books right. and it's a delight to God. Yes. That's a very important thing for us. So coming to myself, one of the things that I believe God did is to put in me the desire to work. Wow. And the desire to learn to be alone. Mm. I think that's a very, very big part of this. Mm. Speak to that more. Yeah, the that. desire to learn to be mm. alone. You know, at a very early age, I was alone. Like, mm. I come back from school and I'm alone. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to take my book and read. I, I don't want to go anywhere. And my mom was like, you're strange. You know, you need to go out there. I'm like, no, nah, I'm fine. Mm. You know, so recently, uh, my wife was also telling my son, my son is three and a half years old, mm-hmm. yeah, Johan, go and play outside. I was like, no, he's not going to play outside. Leave him. He wants to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> the same as I did. Yeah, yeah, leave him. He wants to be alone. Allow the young man to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was what was playing in my mind, how wow. I wanted to be alone. Wow. And when I'm alone, I'm reading. I'm reading the Word of God. I'm studying new things. So it started very early. Yeah. First of all, I start by the need to be alone. Understanding that as a leader, somebody who wants to make great impacts, your loan time is your development time. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it. as a leader, anybody that wants to make impact, your alone time is your development time. I just so, got a parallel as you said that. Jesus would always go to be alone. Yes, he always goes to be alone to sharpen himself, to hear from God, mm. to speak to God and come to deliver to the people. Wow. Your alone time is very paramount. Any leader that stops getting alone time is really, you know, drifting away. Wow. <laughs> you know, because God is always speaking. You know, it's really drifting. Yes, that is where leadership designating comes in. You designate your work. You know, Jesus Christ designated. He said, okay, you, go, take charge of this. You, take charge of this. You, take charge of this. So you can have an alone time. Wow. 
So as a leader, it's very, very important. That's the first thing, alone time. Mm. Once you can build your alone time, you can now use that time to develop yourself. Mm. You know, mm. and through that you build work. So I'll give you like a typical example. When yeah. I went to university and I was I had even though there's friends, I had very little friends. I could be in the room just reading, 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 reading and studying. Yeah. I finished like most of my syllabus within the first semester by just reading. You know. I just and I quite remember I sat in the class and the lecture asked me, Have you done this course somewhere before? I was like, No, I was just reading. You know. And when school vacates I don't come home. I stay behind and I read. Yes, for like two long vacations, like three months, I just stayed behind in school and I read. I just buy more books. I look for the syllables that will be done the next academic year and I just read. So by second year or third year, I've done most of my class syllabus work already. You know, so I started, so I had a lot of time to do programming. So I learned about eight programming languages was in school I learned about 3D animation yeah I learned about 3D animation wow. so I didn't go home I always was in school you know most of my friends wanted to go to abroad to work to get money some wanted to go and do internship I was like I don't I don't need any of those things <laughs> you know I just want to work so way back I started doing machine learning I started I created my own syllabus on machine learning artificial intelligence and I did I compassed so much syllabus that our head of department at the mass department was like look if you want to have my material to help them for their master's program and I handed everything to so I read mathematics you know so that is where God started this from so when I went to do my postgraduate instead of two years by three months I was out <laughs> you get a point. Amazing. Yeah, I was out. But then again, you will see me three months and be like, oh, wow. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. he's anointed. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anointed <laughs> to work. Yeah, it's anointed <laughs> to work. So the work was being done. Wow. And it was being done out of the sight of everybody. So there's a manifestation that you see. So we need to be very careful when we see manifestations of anointing. There's always something that had gone behind the manifestation of the anointing so we shouldn't just look at the anointing you know we need to see that there's a grace that god gave That's right. you know so yeah so most mostly of it that is that is how and i just realized that through that nature i just love to work mm. you know so i work from dawn to dusk like they wow. say you wow. know so i just work sorry i want to pause it real quick i don't want to lose anything real quick i just i'm got two percent Right, I'm just going to pause this one. All right, Dave, so you were talking about um, manifestation and, and the manifestation and the anointing. Um, and there's, a, there's, a, there's an anointing, but sometimes people see the manifestation and they don't see the work. Can you expound on that? Yeah, I think that, like I was saying, the best examples... Uh, the examples that God has given us. Even if you look in the case of Joseph, yeah. you know, so Joseph started working with God at a very early age. You know, so if you see Joseph being made a prime minister without knowing the story behind it, how the brothers tried to kill him, how he was, you know, they sold as a slave in Potiphar's house, the training he had over there. In fact, when you read the account, it says that Potiphar knew nothing about the household. In fact, he trusted Joseph with the entire management except the food on his table and the wife. That is what Joseph didn't have in it. But everything else, everything else, 
Joseph took charge of it. Right. Joseph took a whole charge of it. Right. And we see how injustice took him out of there. And I mean, injustice in the sense that it was a lie that a woman had against him and how he flew from evil and he would landed himself in jail. And in jail, he was now almost like the president of the jail again. These are all experiences that prepared him to be the second ruler of Egypt. Right. You know, so we need to know that there's a place for training. Hmm. As a body of Christ, we need to understand that there's a place for training. There's a soft skills training, yes. you know, which essentially is about your character. Yeah. You know, your character. Right. Then there's a hard skill training. Doesn't matter how much character that you have, mm. if you don't have the hard skills, there are some positions you cannot occupy, mm. and that is where believers need to start stepping up. Mm. It doesn't matter how much tongues you can pray, it doesn't matter how much, you know, again tongues you can pray or whatever you can do spiritually. Yeah, there are some jobs or how humble you are, yeah. you know, if you don't know how to fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> If you've not got the discipline to sit in school to know how to fly a plane, nobody's gonna trust you. Again, doesn't matter how much tongue speaking you are. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> so true. Again, doesn't matter how much tongue speaking you are. Nobody's gonna trust you to do a surgery on That's them. True. You need to acquire the skill mm. for doing surgery. Mm. So we need to understand that there's a place for that. Yes. Yeah. We look in the Bible where God gifted people with skill. Yes. You know, when they were building the temple, and God said, I'm putting my spirit into this person, and he can do all manner of crafts. Right. The person still had to go through the mill, go mm. through the apprenticeship. Right. Do you get the point? Yes, but the grace of God does something. And I realized something that has to do with the grace of God. So mm. I started, when you see me playing guitar or yeah. playing the piano, you would think I've been playing for 10, 15, 20 years. So I said, no, it's just like a year or two. And people are all amazed, like, how do you do that? And I yeah. said, I realized that God gave me the gift, but this is how the gift manifested. Mm. One, desire. I had great desire to learn the piano. Mm. Desire. Mm. Desire. This desire was very great. Yeah. The second thing was resources. God provided the resources, mm. both the piano, the guitar, and the materials. Mm. The desire, the resources, the passion. Yeah. You know, this is how it manifested. I had to take these ingredients mm. and put them together. Wow. Do you get the point? Yes. yes <laughs> you know, absolutely. yeah, and quick to understand. Right. So we need to understand that there's a place for this. There's a place for work. Yeah. There is a place for work. There is a place for work. And the more you love God, the more you want to work. Mm. The more you love God, the more you want to work and express Him through work. Wow. Because God is always working. Because after creation, he didn't stop working. Right. He says that my father is always working. Right. Do you get a point? So yes. we, as God's children, need to understand that there's a place for work. And I think that in these end times, when we are talking about wealth transfer, talking about taking over the, the you know, some two, ask of me, mm-hmm. I get a nation for inheritance. It's yeah. a lot of work. I quite remember I was praying. Yeah. And I was praying some two. And I said, God, give me a nation for inheritance. And God was like, okay. I'm here to answer that prayer. I'm ready to give you this inheritance. Let me ask you some questions. Do you understand international economics? I was like, no. Do you understand international laws? And no. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and learn. Wow. <laughs> you get a point. Yeah. I was like, yeah, go ahead and learn. You know? Yeah. They're here praying some too, giving the nations for inheritance. Wow. And I ask you, okay, what, what, what nations do you want? Okay, you mentioned wow. the nations. What is the economic size? 
what is their population what are their weaknesses what are their strength you don't know any of those so what are you praying People don't know the practical side <laughs> you know, of God. The practical side of God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, you know, we need yeah. to understand that God is very methodological. Mm. God is very structured. Yes, yes. He, he is very structured. Right. And we as his children need to understand mm. that we, when we are expressing God, we need to express the structure mm. of God. And the best place to see God's structure, look at the book of Ezekiel. Look at the book of Revelation. Look at how heaven is laid. Look mm. at how there are hierarchies of angels. Mm. Look at how there are angels in charge of water, angels in charge of fire, wow. angels in charge of this. Wow. This is structure. That's <laughs> I mean, right. Think about That's it. Right. Even to the point that when you look at Job, mm. look at Job, he says that God has a reserve. Wait a minute. God needs a reserve? Yeah, God has a reserve for the time of war. Mm. He has a reserve for snow. He has a reserve for hill, hailstones. Mm. He has reserves. God has reserves. Interesting. You and I do even have reserves. Mm. Do we even think of reserve? We think faith wow. is enough. God has reserves. Wow. In the book of Job, everything is structured. Mm. So look at Ezekiel. Look at Job. Look at Revelation. Mm. Look at Genesis. Yeah. God is structured. God is systematic. Jeez. That is the reason why a lot of believers. It looks like. We are not being able to manifest the mandate of Christ. Mm. So the mandate is that go and make shepherds of the nations. Yes. You know, go and make ship nations. Yes. You no, know, go and govern this, and the nation shall be upon his shoulders. Yeah. Nations talk about systems, structures. That's right. Systems, right. structures, system. Anytime you hear nations, systems, structures, people, systems, structures. Mm. And it looks like the modern day believers, they want to evade everything. They don't want to go by any system, any structure. You just you don't just want miracles. No, you don't use miracles to run a nation. You don't use miracles to run a family, to run a business. Wow. It is systems and structure. Wow. And that is where we need to start wow. learning about systems. There's a whole book on systems. Wow. Go and get it. Wow. That's <laughs> there's a whole book on systems. There's a there's a whole book. I actually bought the book. Yeah. You know, to understand what is, what is a system, what is a node, what is this, how do you build a system? Mm. Look at a computer system. The people who rule the world are those who have built systems. Mm. Is that why, because as uh, we, we, had, we had a good conversation on the way coming in, you know, where it seems like people in the world, um, people that don't know God, are succeeding far beyond people that do know God in some cases from an outside perspective is because of some of these things you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because of because the system. Because, look, I mean, let's face it. If you don't understand, I'll give you a very simple simple example. You know, so I've consulted for the government. Yeah. You know, I've consulted for a number of governments, but, you know, I consulted in the area of agriculture. You know, a number of government, one or two, <coughs> in the area of agriculture. And realized that in Ghana especially, uh, we import so much tomatoes. The last night I did a raise about $20 million of tomato. Mm -hmm. We import them here. Meanwhile, we have arable land. <coughs> Our arable land, we are, our 60% of our land is arable land. What is so arable land? Arable land is the part of the land that you can use in growing crops. Okay. You know, so gotcha. the other portion can't really use in growing crops. Okay. You have to do more work on it. Got so it. Ghana is blessed with 60% of our land as arable entire land. land. Yes, the entire land, 60% can grow crops and food. Wow. Yet we import more food than those who don't have arable land. Wow. You know, so let's take the area of the horticulture, like yeah. vegetables, tomatoes. We import so much of it. Yeah. However... Let's look at the area of cocoa. We don't, we don't really import cocoa. We export cocoa. Mm -hmm. But we don't eat cocoa. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What we eat, 
we don't have the systems and structures for that. What we don't eat, we have systems and structures. Why? Because the West knew they needed cocoa. They can't grow cocoa mm. because cocoa needs the tropics. Mm. So they came down here and they set the systems and the structures in place. Like Hershey. And, and yes, so they set the cocoa board mm. and they set how what the price gate is. They set all of these things. Yeah. So we have a cocoa board, a whole board for cocoa. Do we have a cocoa? We have the, we have the tomato board. Do we have the onion board? Do we have the. Do you get the no, points? We don't. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is that the difference between Ghana being a bigger exporter of cocoa and being a bigger importer of tomatoes is systems and structures. Wow. The West came to set up the system and the structures for us, the financial system, you know, the, the everything, the horticultural system, I'm sorry, sorry, the financial system, the irrigation systems, mm -hmm. you know, the political system, yeah. the buying and selling, everything was laid down when it came to the area of cocoa and coffee. What we don't need, really, wow. you don't eat. You don't eat that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we eat, we don't wow. systems. They didn't them. care to put the systems and structures for us, ah. and we didn't also care to do the system structures ourselves. Wow. So if Ghana does that, <laughs> then it can, Ghana, the it can change the game. If Ghana focuses on, and it's very very simple, you know. Wow. So I'll give you talking about that. So when you look at the tomato sector, yeah. Right, there is there are two main key components. There are the companies that need to turn the tomato into the puree and use it for tomato paste and that, yeah. and there are the consumers that want it. Right. So in America, there are two production lines. Yeah. There's a production line of farmers that produces for the manufacturing side, mm -hmm. and there's a production line of farm that produces for the consumers. Right. Mm -hmm. So with the manufacturing side, it's the same tomato, the same whatever it is, mm -hmm. but it's cheaper because the manufacturers, you know, just need some the puree and the pot, so they can buy it at the same price as the as the normal people are buying it. Mm -hmm. So the line is very defined. The problem here in Ghana is that one, the manufacturing plant here competes with the retailers like those who are consuming it for the same tomatoes oh. so, and doesn't make sense for them oh. something simple as that so there's no structure and system set up to say that okay government has allocated 100,000 hectares of farmland mm -hmm. for the production of tomatoes and it yeah. is purely going to the production line where we don't want to see when tomato cross from there to consumers mm. right so this is just an example yeah. of it and with just this thing alone it's causing so much headache here. Ah, I see. You know. I see. So there is a place for understanding the role of systems and structures yes. for your own business, mm -hmm. for your own life, for government nation. And there's work that needs to go in place there in building the systems and the structures. Wow. Wow. You know. So so if I'm if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly too, is that is the the we're gonna do work, but the bulk of work Yes, developing and understanding, getting the hard skills. But then once you have the skills, it's now time to focus the work on the systems and the structures. And the structures. Yes, so the system, the structures, how to create wealth. The systems, mm -hmm. the structure. You need to understand how to create mm -hmm. wealth. You know how to run your business. Understand the systems and the structures. Mm -hmm. You know, understand that when you want to create a company, you need board of directors. You need, you know, this account. You need that. You need yeah. that. You need this discipline of managerial. You need that. You need that. You need that. You know. 
there is a role of that and there's a role of research yes you know doing a research to understand what is going to understand where the patterns are where yeah. bible says that the children of Issachar are children have you know that have descended of time they understand the times and the seasons and they are siblings or brothers were under them yeah you know so there's research understanding yeah. going collecting data foresight insight mm. all of that Whoa. so it's about time that the body of christ start to realize that expressing the nature of god is expressing who god is in terms of how god does things and god is not a haphazard god wow everything, <laughs> is, everything is intentional everything is strategic everything is systematic everything is on purpose mm. we need to start understanding that mm. and stop living from miracle paycheck to miracle paycheck mm. you know that's why i live yeah. in yeah. yeah, I live from one miracle paycheck to another mm. miracle paycheck to another miracle paycheck to another miracle paycheck Man, this, to this another miracle paycheck. And we have come to understand that this is how it's supposed to be. And we think that we are glorifying God if we move from one miracle paycheck to another miracle paycheck. That is not what God wants. Wow. He's more glorified in the system. He's the more glorified in the system, in the structures. Look, when Jesus Christ fed the thousands with a loaf and this he was talking about systems mm. he was talking about structures mm. Mm. it was systems wow. and structures mm. wow. god is a god of system and structures and there was so much left over yeah wow <laughs> you're, 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 i feel like you're giving us like a a bible economic uh, breakdown here, like I know there's, they, there's more. There's like just my little knowledge. Wow, this, wow. You know. So, 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 so in this, right? There's systems and structures. Obviously, you've had to build systems and structures for the very many ventures and things like that you have. Can you talk to us about you know this this development phase? So you're in the development phase now, but now there's there's what I believe is the third phase is distribution, right? So where you're taking this gift or you're taking this talent, you're taking this software, you're taking this. Uh, development corporation all the things you're doing now you have to serve this to people and now you have to market it and distribute it because I think there's also a misconception mm -hmm. that if I have a talent if I'm good at singing if I'm good at dancing if I'm good at um, uh, code what, whatever it is it, it it can just stop there we have many talented look in Ghana we have many talented soccer players or many talented people in whatever they're doing but the last part is is that marketing of the gift the distribution getting it out to as many people can you speak to us about a little bit about that yeah again it comes back again to the system so <clears throat> for instance if you want to distribute mm -hmm. football players for lack of a better word yeah it's good to start understanding first of all you need to understand what is it that you are going into right the understanding is very very important yes to understand it yeah so once you understand it once you have the data within that system. So it's very important. So get the data within that system. If it exists, the primary data, the secondary data, find it. Do your research. Yes. Right? Now, when we talk about system, it's nothing that is out of the, you know, ordinary. Mm -hmm. It's simply understanding what creates the repetition hmm. and Ooh. being in control of that so that you are not a victim of the outcome of the repetition. Wow. So that's what system is. That's, that's good. You, you get the yeah. point. So it's just, it's not something complicated. If you realize that there's a pattern in your life or pattern in your business that keeps repeating itself every month, every year, every five, every yeah. ten years, yeah. understand that and take control of that and be predictable 
the way you're getting. Mm. So when it comes to marketing, first of all, understand who the consumer is. Yes. Who is going to be the end user of what you're doing. First of yes. all, connect with them. Mm. Find the message. Where are they? Yes. Then start building the distribution line to them. Mm. So a lot of people start building distribution line without knowing where the consumers are. That's why Ferrari or some of these car brands would say, we don't advertise on TV because our consumers don't watch TV. Wow, that's <laughs> a good point. point. That's a good I point. don't watch TV, you know, wow. yeah. You know, one of those top cars, like, no, because they've interacted with them, they know where to find them. Wow. So because they've interacted, because they know the message, they know where to find them, their marketing is targeted. Mm. They are not just throwing their seats in the air thinking right. to find them. Right. You know, so that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. And that is a learning process. It's okay when you fail, you come back, you fail, you come back, yeah. you fail, you come back. That's how you learn. That's right. You know, so I didn't wake up one day and I got it off I'm still figuring it out. You yeah. know, most people also didn't get up one day and have yeah. it together, figuring it out too. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Dave, this is this is powerful. I know your time is precious. Yeah. Um I I, I have um one question I always ask people. What's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift and one's purpose. And I know you broke down gift in such a unique way mm-hmm. earlier. Um, yeah. So what's the difference between yeah, one's Yeah, I gift think and it's a very, very simple thing. Your gift is to f- enable you to fulfill your purpose. Hmm. Your gift is for you to enable, to enable you. your purpose. Mm. Your purpose is... It's, I mean, your purpose is one. But the gift that needs to achieve the purpose can vary. That's what I was saying. Yeah. That we need to think of gift as something being fluid. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's say that you are a carpenter. Yeah. And your vision, your goal, what you wanted is to build the table. But you need a lot of skill set to build a table. Yeah. Right? So you are fluid in what you need. You know, to get a table done, right. but the purpose is the table. Right. So, how you go about it, the giftings to go about it, to achieve that purpose. So, but see, the thing is that we need to understand that your purpose cannot be also outside of God's bigger purpose. Right. In Christ. Makes sense. So that is the purpose. Your gift is to enable you to fulfill that purpose, mm-hmm. and the giftings can be multifaceted. You can develop it. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can develop it to enable you to execute that purpose that God has given. That's that's how I understand. That's how I understand it. I love that. I love you that, know. brother. Wow. Powerful. Um, anything you want to share with people about uh, Silicon Accra and all the other uh, 12 Springs and all the other great things? Cause yeah, yeah, so there's Audio Rima too. So okay. Audio Rima is the first Christian publishing platform yeah. that allows pastors and church leaders to publish their audio videos, lives, you know, straight to their consumers. You know, so I think we have over 30,000 installs of the mobile Yeesh, app. That's amazing. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, Silicon Accra is a tech park that we are building here. And um, we have five years are looking at financial technology, you know, promoting the fintech innovation. We are looking at um, in the creatives, you know, in animation. So we are putting up animation studio. We are looking at in the area of music, you know, promoting the music talent. You know, we are looking at sports, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have some of these areas that we are considering. Currently, we've completed the first phase already. So we have the Naiho Golf Course. You know, we have some of the residences there. We are building a co-working spaces now. 
Yeah, and uh, God is helping us to do this. And the purpose of all of this is to create avenue for the youth of Africa to express their talents wow. and to also contribute economically to the global affairs. And look at it. The digital economy is $11.5 trillion. That's how big the digital economy is. Sheesh. Yes, that's how big it is. Yes, and our goal is to equip the African and to plug the African into that digital economy. Wow. You know, unemployment in Ghana is at a staggering number that nobody wants to be truthful about. Mm. You know, meanwhile, there's so much deficit in the digital economy. I'm talking about something like 100 million worth of jobs wow. in the digital economy, in the area of blockchain, cryptocurrency, you know, virtual production, all of the sectors. So that is what we are working on to plug the African into this wow. digital economy. So wow, so sil- Silicon Accra is an expression of that. Yes, yes. I had no idea. Yes, so that's wow. what that's what we are going after the digital, the level of our digital economy. Wow. Yes. Amazing, brother. Yes. Well, thank you so much for blessing the show. Thank any you any too. final words you want no, to share with the it. people? God bless you all. Wow. And stay strong. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Sure. God bless wow. you. Bless and you. also add that you hijacked me for this. I interview. did. Yeah, I did. you need to add I it. Sure, <laughs> I sure did. I did hijack you. Yeah. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date. And it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast dot David, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S dot com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.